and welcome to episode 59, Fish Across the Pond, a Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me today, firstly, representing the Marlins and making his second appearance on Fish Across the Pond, it's the Sultan of Swing, Sean Barrett. Sean, welcome back. How are we? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Pete. Um, second appearance, like you said. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting ready to play against the uh, Rays. Absolutely. Um, listen, I know you've been on before, so you're a, you're a fish across the pond veteran. Just to remind the listeners, you've got one quick fire question, snap reaction, favourite current Marlins player. Uh, recently back into the team, it's Miggy Rowe. Um, you know, face of the face of the team, Cap- El Capitano. Um, he's, he's everyone's favourite player, isn't he? Absolutely, great answer, great answer. Good, Sean. We're going to come back to you shortly. We've got we've got plenty to wrap up and, and and discuss from last week of action, which has been positive from our side. But until then, let's just park it a sec. Delighted to welcome in not just not just one, but two two UK based. Rays fans, can you believe this? Um, <laughs> the guys are coming on to, to help preview the, the forthcoming Citrus series. Um, firstly, his debut, of course, um, onto Fish Across the Pond. We have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the nickname, the Cockney Rebel, Callum Cockrell. <laughs> Callum, how are we, Absolutely. buddy? I'm good, thanks. Um, first podcast appearance ever, I'll have you know, so. Wow. We'll, so, yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go easy. So to you as well, buddy. Quick fire intro. Favourite current Rays player? I will have to go with Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau, um, okay. It's not Brandon Lowe. No, no. But uh, he has fun with that anyway. But no, Brandon Lau, he, um, he shouldn't be a power hitter. And yet he is, if you just look at him. And I, I just love his swing. I love everything about him. So, uh yeah, Brandon Lau, definitely. Love it. I love them guys. You look mm. at them, they should not be good, but then they're awesome. So, Mate, yeah. Love that. Good one, good one. Um, awesome. So our second Ray, uh, and he is one-seventh, I'm going to say. Seventh is correct. Of the, of the excellent Batflips and Nerds podcast, um, and also an ex- Master Chef finalist. Not sure if that's true, but it's a rumor. I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> Rob Navarra, how are we, buddy? I'm not cooking right now, but otherwise, fantastic. Good man. Good man. Never um, been on Master Chef, just to be clear. No, well, yeah, I, I, I've seen you cooking, and I just it felt that was that was a disaster. <laughs> Cut my mouth. <laughs> what? What was what was that show? Was that the London series? Yeah, it was that was our one year from from the the London series announcement. I I tried to recreate the boomstick, and yeah, uh, yeah that was a lot of food. <laughs> a lot of food, a lot of cooking for sure. Um, well, guys, great to have you along. Firstly, uh, Rob, quick fire question to you as well. This one is maybe not as easy. I don't know oh. most. Most overrated current Rays player. Overrated current Ray. Oh, that's going to be controversial no matter what I say. I uh, Sorry, buddy. You got You got to say say a man who's won who's won the Cy Young and not quite repeated since. Um, mm. He's got it in the back. He's got it in his, his his back catalog. But can Blake Snell ever actually repeat? That's the question. 
love it. Love it. Great answers, guys. This this is going to be a good podcast. I know that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ray's guys, you just need to sit back, listen, and enjoy this Marlin's rendition now for the next few mm-hmm. minutes. This is Sean. Going to lean on you here, buddy. We've had we've had a good week, in my opinion. We've had a good week. We've effectively come out of Washington with a series win in a five game series, and. We've come out of New York one game early, let's say, uh, taking that series 3-2-1, sorry. So 2-1, one game to play, though, and make up soon. So in effect, that's two series wins for me this week. The Marlins sit at 14-12. That's good for second place in the NL East. Not sure if that's because the rest of the NL East is, well, bang average, but we'll get to that later. Sean... What's been the main highlights for you for this for this week, mate? And just to kind of whet your appetite, here are the names I'll throw out to you. Sixto, Trevor Rogers, Jesus Sanchez, Lewin Diaz, John Birdie. Uh, who else have we got in there? I mean, those are the names that kind of, you know, have played out big in the last week. But try and summarise that as best you can, mate. Yeah. Um, so we've got to start with Sixto. Um, his start was... It seemed to be a change for the Marlins, bringing up possibly, you know, the, the biggest hype prospect that we've got during the Gio era. Um, you know, he was fire, absolute fire. The, the the results maybe not what you'd expect, you know, giving up a couple of runs in five innings, but so the stats don't don't quite back it up. But anybody who watched that game that saw the pitch movement, that saw the 100 miles an hour out of the gate, that guy can pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good control. He's going to be an ace for the next six or seven years for the Marlins. Um, I mean, I've said I've said it already on Twitter. Um, Jose Fernandez like quality. Um, and I do not say that lightly in any shape or form. No. I, I love to I mean what a description that is just fire. He was absolute fire out, out the gates. Like, do you know what I loved about Sixto, mate? I and I haven't, you know, if I'm honest, haven't seen him pitch much before because you know he's been hidden away, working and, and you know, honing his craft. But what I loved about Sixto, he just attacked, attacked batters, and he worked so fast. He was just he didn't let anyone breathe. He just pumped fastball after fastball. And then, um, you know, there was a you know, couple of, I guess, secondary pitches that, that also looked nasty too. So really impressive, uh, impressive debut from, from Sixto. Uh, Callum, did you, did you get a look at Sixto in that first start? I didn't, no. Um, I, I'm not, I looked at the, uh, the scoreline afterwards and knew what he got up to. Um, you can't ask for more from a first appearance, really, can you? You know, you know, you're not expecting a, you know, first appearance. You're obviously expecting some teething problems, but yeah, you can't expect more. And then the numbers he put up in terms of the radar gun and you know strikeouts, you you got to be impressed with that. But I think everyone sort of expects him to be, you know, a very decent pitcher at the very least. So it's exciting for the Marlins. It looks good. Yeah. Absolutely. I can tell you the one thing uh, that doesn't show up on, on the box score is he did give up a couple of, at least one, if not two home runs, Sean, if I'm, if I'm correct. And I tell you, he pitched, they come out of his hand fast. 
but mm. they came off the bat very fast too. So, <laughs> you know, uh, that's <laughs> that's part of the problem. Um, but, you know, he's been, I think they've kind of been softly, softly with him. Haven't rushed him. No need to rush him where our window is is not open right now, but it's great to have him up. I mean, I'm not sure if this season, this 60 game sprint would have, you know, if we would have had this type of season, if it was a one, six, two, I'm not sure we would have seen six though this year, but you know, needs must this year with everyone going down and equally the Marlins are in it. So why not push the button now? See what we got. Um, Sean, I, I do need to just ask you about John Birdie, mate, before we kind of get into some Rays action. Just just try and summarize this for me, mate, where we've got John Birdie taking the walk and then stealing <laughs> everything else under the sun to get in. What That stealing home situation, just try and describe that for me if you can. I mean, yeah. So obviously scoring a run without even making contact with the ball um, is one thing. But no, I mean, one of the things that interested me, because I'll, I'll be completely honest, I didn't watch the game live. So I watched the highlights first and then went on to watch the game. Um, but you, you see him steal all the bases. You still first, you know, still second, third and, and then home. But he did it through the inning. So it wasn't just instantaneously, it was just, running wild he picked his spots and and you know he was smart about it and the stealing home i mean he bear crawled home literally <laughs> you know stumbled onto the floor crawled for what felt like 15 yards i think i saw a quote from him saying i didn't realize that i crawled for that long yeah um and was still safe um because of some some mishandling um it was an absolutely it was Typical of the Marlins for 2020. They are just finding ways to score runs. They're just mm. finding ways to eke out wins. You know, none of us, I don't think, are fooling ourselves. This team is what it is, you know, but they are playing out of their skin. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be one of the, well, I know it's been a big play of the year because it's been on the morning summary from from Batflips and Nerds. So that's that's how I know it was a big play. You know, as soon as you get as soon as you get the morning and you tag you tagged in that tweet, you know something something wild has happened. Um, okay, I think we do need to talk about this, guys, before we get into some some Rays Marlins action. Rob, I'll come to you because I know I know you've seen it. Um, the Mets Marlins. Um, protest that we'll describe it as from last night. We, I guess, pre-recording, we were we were discussing that, and you mentioned it. You know, it made BBC news this morning that that specifically. Yeah, but yeah. you know, just try and you know summarize that situation and 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 how I guess the Marlins, Mets, and other teams also have handled it in the last couple of days. It's been, um, I think. I think something of a roller coaster. Um, the, the Mets were Mets, as you're aware, and uh, they've been up and they've been down. They didn't support their guy originally, and then and then they did, and then we've had this this was it real, was it fake announcement from Van Wagenen as well. So the the Mets, the good the Mets, it they always were. Um, the sort of sort of passengers in this have a little bit have been the Marlins because the story has certainly been the Mets here. Um, but when it actually came to the moment of what they did with the game, when they, they came up, they announced their pit, uh, announced their game, uh, and then they stood there and they did. They got it absolutely spot on, and that's both teams. And yeah. what happened right then was it wasn't about the Marlins or the Mets being the Mets. Um, it was about that moment and this this moment in history, which which 
hey, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. We, we, we've seen fantastic and interesting and stimulating moments that we think will change history before. And for better or worse, they haven't come to fruition. Good, good God, I hope this is the, the, the time when things start to change. Um, however, regardless of whether or not it does it, the way they did it was was spot on and the imagery of the black lives matter shirt on on the home plate were was spot on um there was no there's no divide down the line of of this is our team that's something that was hat tipping all the way through and they they got it right they didn't oversell it it was a fantastic moment i think i think we should we should all look at that and think okay this this was good this was good and this is this is the way the world needs to move and we need to stand by this and and and, and good stuff and and to hell with all the 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 flapping of the mets around it the moment was good the moment was spot on and we need to we need to focus on that absolutely i mean how it got to that situation on the day i'm talking about i mean not mm. just um generally but how it got to that situation there is so much content in there for for Bob Bamber and his Mets thread. It is it's unreal. It's it's another chapter in in the Bob Bamber. Absolutely. What's the point of the Mets right. thread? Which is, you know, it's right. it's into its third ep, um, episode or 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 you know whatever <laughs> it may be of that one. So yeah, it, it was the right moment and they played it well in the end. So you know, good on good on the guys for pulling that together. I mean, and actually the one thing we should highlight is for, from a Marlins perspective, you're right, the Marlins were the passengers in that, I think more so. And by us postponing that game, having not we don't have to play mm. the Mets again. We you know, that was our last game against the Mets for the year. And what it means is we have to now specifically fly to go and play them for a one game series on Monday in what should have been our off day, of which we only had two more off days left of the year. So you know, it was the right call for the Marlins. Mm. I'm glad the players made it happen. And as a team, there was a sacrifice there for the team because what would have probably been a, a necessary off day, um, they sacrificed that to, to make make the right statement. So, awesome. Guys, let's get into some, some Rays. Um, <laughs> Callum, this is a, the off-season was a long time ago. But yeah. if you can, try and summarise for me key i guess incomings outgoings of of the rays what what were the off-season moves that i've definitely forgotten about what were the big ones if there were any you know try and summarize that as best you can it was a funny one because obviously we uh lost in five games ALDS to houston um really good year last year and i think everyone going into the off-season went well this team doesn't need massive improvements it just needs tweaks here or there but our front office never Never goes by convention. Um, so the big one, I think, trade away was Tommy Pham in the outfield. Um, he, he had a few good years for us, got him on a nice deal from St. Louis. Um, had a good year last year. He has had injury problems. Um, but yes, just shipped him to San Diego for Renfro and Margot. Um, and we also gave him Cronenworth, I think, as well in that trade, mm. which is uh, he's turned into a player I don't think many on the race side saw. Well, not... He was always considered a decent player, but he's really kicked off for them. So um, I think that was a big, big off-season move. Um, and yeah, Fat Fan was a very surprising one. I don't think he expected it either. So um, no. how long had he been there with you guys? Like a season, a year and a half, I think. Year and a half. He was a mid-season trade, trade deadline trade the year before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We, so on that one, I mean, that sounds like the the splashy, the headline one, hmm. and unexpected from what you've said. Um, going into it or on the face of it were you happy or not on that one 
Um, to be honest, there's I've, there's been too many times in the past few years where I haven't been happy with a trade, only to then the front office to get it right and it worked yeah. out. And I go, oh, all right, friend. Evan Longoria springs to mind. Um, so when I saw it, I was like, there must be a reason, you know, that they're, they're they're not silly. They're and after a few days, it, it you know, looking at the returns, so Renfro power back, we definitely needed, um, and Margot an elite defender, which we always like. So. I think initially I was a bit surprised, but after a, after a good think about it, I thought, you know, what? yeah, that's a it's a trade I would be I would be willing to make for, yeah. for what we got. So I was fairly happy with it, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'd it's funny so. now how as soon as the Rays do anything, everyone takes note. Like <laughs> yeah. any move the Rays make, you're like, oh wow, okay. What have they? What are they seeing? Like I'm What's sure the they yesterday, yeah. the day before, right? Some kind of backup mm. outfielder, seemingly. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, yeah we, got, a... we got Phillips from uh, from the Kansas City Royals, who whose bat is is, uh, for want of a better phrase, detestable. However, when you drill down into his defensive numbers, he he is absolutely incredible. And this this is the sort of thing the Rays do. It, it's finding something that no one else is looking for because. N- Nobody thought, you know, you, we've got Kevin Kiermaier. Why do we need the most incredible defender? And it's not the obvious incredible defender. It's when you drill down into the stats. And and so now, are we going to trade away Kevin Kiermaier? Are we going to trade away Hunter Renfro already? And and so everyone's guessing. And, and that's what the Rays do. They keep us guessing. And sometimes it's frustrating. It's extremely frustrating when, when the likes of current Miami Marlin Corey Dickerson gets DFA'd for seemingly no reason after an All-Star year. But you know what? It keeps working. It keeps working. And you do, as Callum pointed out, you sort of start feeling, well, I thought I knew about baseball, but the Rays keep telling me I don't. And I'm going to have to start trusting them eventually because they keep getting it right. Good. I think, well, I think Bob, sorry, I was, I was saying, I know we mentioned Bob earlier from the from the Mets Fred fame. Um, I think he said in, in uh, I think our fantasy group chat, he said, if the, Met, if the Rays come after your uh, pitcher who's just been Demoted to AAA, be wary because they, they, there's something about them that they, they love. Absolutely. As soon as, the, as soon as the Rays make the call, re sign them. Rob, we're into a 60 game sprint, buddy. Um, you know, 162, I think, was okay for you guys too. Mm. You're equipped to do okay, but into a 60 gamer. Um, what were the expectations for the Rays? I mean, the AL East. You know, it's an interesting. It's in an interesting spot at the moment. So mm. I guess on the face of it, you'd look at it and think, you know, if you finish ahead of the Yankees, you're going to well, be winning yeah. winning that division, right? Well, the thought coming into it, I think, was Yankees are are, are going to win it, and there's going to be very little the Rays can do to topple them. The 60 game, of course, made that a lot better for the Rays. There's a there's a bit of a chance there, you know, because you can win in the sprint. Ten game a 10 game winning streak for any team can make a big difference. And we've seen the Yankees fall off with some injuries. So we were we were of course beat the Yankees we're we're in we're in a golden spot. Uh, then there was uh, a sort of a middling teams in the the Blue Jays and the and the Red Sox, and I think the Blue Jays possibly a little bit better than everyone expected. And well, the Red Sox, what happened there? So what's happened is we've 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 swapped the Red Sox for the Orioles. I think the Red the Orioles are doing what the Red Sox thought, and I'm I'm pretty sure you Marlins fans can feel a little bit of kinship with the Orioles right now from the position you've come from and and what's happened this season. So. Absolutely. In an odd way, I'd say 
I think the AL East is exactly what we expect it to be if you swap the Red Sox and the Orioles. And the Rays are fighting Yankees at the top. Uh, maybe the Yankees not quite as they as they should be. That's because their their entire outfield has has sort of fallen off a cliff. But you know they did that last year and they did all right. So mm-hmm. what do we the Rays? I think we expected much of last year, um, and I think we we sort of thought well the Rays with their with their bullpen and with the opener strategy are one of the teams that are probably slightly better positioned to deal with a sprint than most. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I think we're, we're running into this one as, as saying, well, the World Series still counts if we win it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely on that. I think, I think you've summarized it well there, particularly going into it when I joined up with the um, podcast to be named later crew on the preseason predictions and stuff. Yeah. Um, everyone was talking about the, the Rays Dave Shaw was calling them the juggernauts. It was the juggernaut rays. Uh, and he was getting a little bit overboard. But the thing that I that I mentioned, I said, if, if anyone can can mix and match pitching, which I think is what's going to be required, it's it's mm. the rays, right? That's for me, that's the true specialism right now, or the edge the rays have that that most teams don't. Mm. That ability to mix and match the the pitchers, you know, openers, closers, Absolutely. no closer. You know, and that's something we've had to do in abundance. We've now have have ten of our first choice pitchers on the IL um, uh, again, which is which is something that's come from this sixty game season, which nobody thought was going to happen. No one could foresee with this with this quick ramp up. Ten now, and um, and realistically, as we approach the trade deadline, Rays are going to have to trade for pitching, which is not something we thought we'd have to say at the beginning of a one six two season. And now now we're stuck with a situation where we're we're you know. We, we've got all-stars and future all-stars and, you know, fantastic trades from the Marlins sat there on the IL, which mm. we can't use right now. And, and if anything scuppers our season, that's what it's going to be. You know, our, our, our terrible offense in the early season is, 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 is inc- insignificant compared to, to losing the, the skills we've lost in the pitching. Yet somehow they've patched it together so far it's only going to go so far though that bullpen cannot throw nine nine innings every single day no no okay so let's let's take a more general topic here guys to keep keep things rolling and equally sean can get involved too um which uh i'm keen to do so as well as the 60 game came a load of new rules so we're going to do around the horn very briefly on favorite new rule and worst new rule. Um, Sean, I'll let you take the honors, buddy. You can take it how you want, favorite or or most most disliked. I don't know how to phrase it, but um, you've got plenty to pick from. What's where are you sitting on it, buddy? Yeah, so I'm a traditionalist. I hate change. Um, so a lot of the proposals that they put in this year, I was dead against. I have to say. I still prefer it not to continue, but I am warming to the DH. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Now, I like the strategy. I love the strategy. I love watching a pitcher hit. It's, you know, when they get a hit, you it's it sparks sparks again. You've got your, your, your top of your lineup coming and you've got a man on base. It's great. Um, and it's unexpected. And also, I mean, come on, we saw the Bartolo Colon hacks. They're, they're, they're artistry. Um <laughs> <laughs> but watching Marlins games and having 
you know, you, you put Rojas or Bertie in the number nine slot and you're almost starting the top of your lineup early. Um, and, and for me, it's been really interesting having, you know, Bertie and Vilar, you know, and the speed on the bases with Rojas hitting 400 or whatever it is he's hitting. Um, it's, it's been a real boost to the Marlins to have, you know, an extra bat in the lineup. And when have we ever been able to say, let's get more Marlins bats into the lineup? <laughs> I would tell you last year, uh, I'm sure last year I was saying, listen, we need to play um, Pablo Lopez. You know, he needs to come as a position player because, you know, his bat was was better than, than than our bottom of the lineup last year. So I, I feel you on that one, buddy. What, what about, uh, and we don't know what the future holds, but I guess gut feel on, you know, we don't want to turn this into a, a different type of podcast. Um, but gut feel is dh it's here to stay probably you know it's there's there's too many benefits i guess to it and the strategic negative i don't think outweighs those positives so whether it's next year it's back and or not we'll see but i think long term it's here what about the one you've liked the least so far so again talking about the strategy having the um getting rid of the loogie having having to have free outs I just, I don't know. I know it speeds up the game, um, but if you like baseball, why do you want it to get over so quickly? Um, mm. And the strategy of bringing, you know, having those those guys coming out just for that one out, and, you know, it's, it's such an interesting strategy. And then having a guy come out and then give up a walk. Your one job is to get the lefty out and you come out yeah. and you walk him. It happens so many times. It's just an interesting facet of the game that I think we're going to lose. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, Callum, over to you, buddy. Um, to be honest, I think my favourite would be opposite of uh, Sean's. I, I like the free, the free minimum, the pitcher placing batters rule. Um, yeah, I just think it, it, it. I think it was getting to a point. I think the Rays are very guilty of this as well of having so many pitching changes, you know, based on matchups, and then you'll get a pinch hitter come in for, and then you know it'll all be sort of. Just almost playing poker instead of baseball, you know, everyone sort of trying to keep it uh, close to their chest and whatnot. But I, I do like that. I think it just gives it, you know, you're set for the free batters. You know what's going to happen. You look at what comes up. You think, okay, well, and it, and it's you still get the strategic element of, you know, you can still probably bring in someone for the final out if someone's, you know, left two people on base and they're faced free already. There's still that element we had before. But it just negates the unnecessary you know three four pitching changes and inning which i know kevin cash probably hates it but it's i just feel that that has improved the game somewhat and i think going forward that 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 will be a, a new rule that will just become the norm um one i hate the most is the, the runner on second i feel like a lot of people hate that i think that's a popular choice um it's just it's just so so manufactured so forced and yeah, it just leads to, you, you know, you don't even have to work to get an extra run. But then I've seen games, I've watched half the games where it doesn't make the game any shorter. I get the idea in this mm. current season, you know, making games shorter, trying to keep, you know, people's, uh, you know, keeping the virus, not, you know, being exposed to the virus as long. But it, from my experience, it's, it's just as easy to get that runner in from second as it is if he wasn't there. You know, you'd, instead of nil-nils, you get one-ones every inning. And then yeah. it just goes. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's the one. I, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept it just for this year, but it can't stay. Can't stay. Yeah. I'm, that's the one I'm intrigued 
most at in terms of the future. I, I think mm. that's probably been the one that has had the most mixed opinion. But Rob won't steal your thunder, buddy. What about you on this? And you may well have spoken about this on, on Batflips <laughs> at some point anyway. So apologies for... If you do listen, yeah, I've, I've mentioned before, I'm, I'm going to split the race camp right down the middle here. Now, I absolutely love the seven in it, the the, uh, the 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 man on second in, in extras. I think it's brilliant. I, I am edge of my seat every single time. And and yes, I, I take the point. I, there are some very good points that Cameron's made there. But but I would rather see a one one inning than a zero zero inning. And. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I I went. I was lucky enough to go to the Trop a couple of years ago, and I sat through a a fifteen inning game between the bottom of the AL East Rays and the bottom of the NL East uh, of the AL East AL West uh, Mariners, and uh, both runs were scored in the first inning. And I then sat through fourteen innings of sheer incompetence. And <laughs> by the time we got to the fifteenth, I was so glad it was over. But it was exciting, you know. And I've, I've watched these exciting innings. I absolutely love the runner on second because because you can't look away, you know. Every moment, yes, it might be manufactured. I get that, but you know, the sport didn't grow out of the ground. It is a manufactured sport, so I love it. I absolutely love it, and I I would love to see it stay. Um, I get the detractors and I fully respect the detractors because there is very good arguments there. But but I can't I can't look away when there's when there's the runner on second situation. I can't look away. <laughs> what I about... take, well, what I don't like, I, here's the thing. I like them all. I like everything that's changed this year. I think it's great. <laughs> I, I, I love love stirring the pot. But if I had to pick one, I, I like the least. And I don't get me wrong. I do like it. The seven innings uh, double headers. Uh, I guess the downside is that one point we're going to see someone who pitches seven perfect innings and then it's going to stop and we're going to miss a perfect game because of it. And we'll never know. We will never know if that will have been a perfect game and it's going to miss it there. Um, but realistically, having sat down and watched a few of them, I haven't really noticed much of a difference other than when I've got to the sixth, I've gone, oh, there's only one more inning. And... You know, you don't sit through a baseball game and intensely stare at all three and a half hours of it. So, you know what? You lose an inning or two out the middle. You know, maybe it's a fifth when nothing happens. Maybe it's the second when you're already way behind. Does it really matter? I'm not sure. Um, so I don't mind it. I quite like it. But if I had to pick one I don't like the least, I would say it's probably the seven inning double headers. Yeah, I like it. Well... I think that's a good cross section there, guys, where everyone's seeing different things, which I think's interesting in itself. I, I have to hold my hands up. Um, for if you, if you don't know, I'm, I'm I think I'm in Rob's camp, uh, where I pretty much like all of the changes for different reasons. I, I like the, sun, the the runner on second just for the drama. I think that's the way I've described it is the drama. It's there to get games over over with quicker than than letting it roll. I think it is working. Probably statistically it is. More games are finishing in the 10th than, than not, but I'm not a stats guy either, so I don't know if that's true or not. It's just the sense of the Marlins games that I saw that, that have gone that far. They were over in, in an inning. Um, so, um, cool. Well, that was that was fun just to get your takes on. Again, just you know, come back to you, Callum, on, on, on the Rays in particular. Who... Who have been the standout performers thus far? You know, you guys are sitting at 21 and 11. So I'm guessing there's been <laughs> plenty of highlights, buddy. But, you know, who are the guys that are really kind of, you know, behind that thus far? I think you, you can't look past the the infield. The, the, up the middle, it's uh, Brandon Lau and Willie Adames for me. Um, 
Brandon Lau's been on an absolute tear. I mean, he had a good year last year, shortened by injury, but um, he's just, he is our big bat at the minute. I think he's got 10 home runs. Uh, he's batting in 280s. I own him in virtually every fantasy team I have bar one, so I'm I'm very happy with his performance at the minute. Um, and Willie Adamas as well. He, he, he improved as the year went on last year, um, and this year he's he's looked a lot more comfortable at the plate than I've ever seen him. Um, I think Again, I think he's batting 280-odd. He's come up with some clutch hits, and uh, his defense has always been good. He's always been a great defender at short. So um, I think you can't look further than them. And, yeah, ironically, as strong as our pitching is, it hasn't been as strong as I think everyone thought it would be this year. Um, I think Castillo is probably the standout in the bullpen. Obviously, Nick Anderson was before he got injured. Um, lights out, as always. Mm. But I think we're about, last time I checked, we were at 11th in, in MLB in team ERA which is is quite unusual for us the last few years so it's been those those middle infield bats that have just sort of kept us chugging along I think nice well it and I'm glad you mentioned Nick Anderson um Rob it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't feel right for us to have this podcast this episode and for us to not talk about Nick Anderson mm. uh, and the trade that we made at the deadline I think it mm-hmm. was last year so I actually, I drafted Nick Anderson everywhere this year in fantasy because I watched him last year as a Marlin and mm. was blown away by the dude. And he's as a Marlin because he won't have the national coverage. Yeah. No one would have seen it, but I was watching going, this dude is incredible. And when, when he went to the race, I was like, wow, what a pickup that is. Next thing is his name's in lights. And um, <laughs> and I and from what I've seen thus far, I know he's on the IR at the moment, but what I've seen this year, he's been just as incredible this year, right? If not even more so. He's been spectacular. And it is one thing it's rare to hear said is, you know, he goes to the Rays and his names are suddenly in the lights, you know, it's, it's, I think we can share a a group experience of being, you know, the poor Florida teams, you know? Um, And the thing was, he was brilliant with, with the Marlins. No one was really paying attention. I think, unfortunately it was to do with the, the historically terrible year you were having, you know? But then he came to to a competing team, and and all of a sudden people were starting to watch, uh, and, and that's continued. The guy is just sheer class, and you just look at what was given up for it. You know, fourth fourth prospect in in Jesus Sanchez, plus you know Ryan Stanek, who who his name is going to be a historical name because he might not be the first player ever that 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 opened a game, but that's what he's known for. He was the opener, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when the opener became the thing. So, so yeah, they gave up big for him and, and boy, did it, it, was it a return? You know, he's, he's the closer now and, and absolutely deservedly. He's been absolutely brilliant. And, and I, I, I don't think, I don't think of, of, of recent years, the idea of trading big for, for a fantastic reliever is something that's been very popular because, because that people have got burned an awful lot by that. But, mm-hmm. but boy did this one pay off this is exactly what it should be you know and look at who he replaced realistically it was Sergio Romo who's now doing brilliant things for for the twins so so we we've we've we we had a, a piece that was considered a, a someone who was on the down downswing and, and and gone and we found someone from from relatively nowhere I mean who who was who was Nick Anderson two years ago um, and and here he is. He's he's doing the business. You know what a what a player. Uh, Sums um, up relievers though, doesn't it? I mean, that's absolutely. That is mm. that is relievers there for you in in a nutshell. 
Um, Sean, it's again, it's a perfect segue there, Rob, and, and, and thanks for that. I, I will come back to you just to briefly touch on Trevor Richards, who was also part of that deal, right? But anyway, just two secs. Sean, um, Rob brought up there the main, I guess the main piece from a Marlins perspective is Jesus Sanchez. And we've got a good look at him this week. He's played pretty much every day for a week or so. What have you seen from from Jesus thus far? And are you liking, are you liking what you're seeing? Yeah, I think, um, you know, again, you look at the stats and, and you go, well, maybe he struggled. Um, but, you know, he's he doesn't look lost at the plate, um, which is, is an important thing for a rookie. Um, he seems to have a lot of, you know, the, the plate is something that he seems to know a lot about. You know, you're not seeing him fooled on swings. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot for Marlin fans to be excited about. Um, mm. You know, he needs time. We know that, you know, if, if it were a one six two season, would he be up middle of the year? Probably not. The the lack of a minor league season really, really hurts the Marlins in a great way. We've got all these top-notch prospects that the only way that they're going to get playing time is being in the 60-man. Therefore, they can play in the alternate site. And you know, bring it and feeding some of them into the into the main team. Um, if it were a more traditional year, I think we'd still see him in Double A, and he'd be raking, and would be yeah. really excited by him. Absolutely, I, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there with the prospects for the Marlins this year. You know, the farm, you know, purposefully is stacked, and the window was not open this year for a one six two regular season. So we wouldn't have seen these guys. So, as a Marlins fan, A, we're in it, which is awesome. B, we're seeing guys that we wouldn't have seen uh, for at least a year, probably. So, that's fun. And on Jesus, two things that stand out. Like, like Sean said, he's, again, nail on the head there. Plate discipline, his understanding, his approach, impressive. But more impressive, the smile on his face every time he's, 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 he's taken an at-bat or he's in the field. His glove has really stood up too. He's made a couple of real nice plays in big spots in in the outfield too. So, liking what I'm seeing on with with Jesus so far. Again, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like he's, you know, he isn't raking. He's he probably had, you know, two hits max in in a week. So, doesn't look great. But uh, when you when you actually watch him, it's been good. So, I'm excited. The interesting bit now is. Garrett Cooper is back from the COVID IL today, you know, a potential outfielder slash DH slash first base. You know, these waves of players are going to start coming back for the Marlins as they come off the, the COVID IL. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, who of the prospects stick around. You know, Lewin Diaz mentioned earlier, Jesus Sanchez, you know, they're guys that, that I guess are, are more likely than not to, to move back down. But, um, Enough about the Marlins. Guys, Trevor Richards, change up Trev. Um, is, <laughs> how's he getting on? What's what's the scouting report on Trev? Callum, I'll come to you on, on, on that one. I have to say, he's, he's, I've been quietly you know, impressed with Richards. Um, yeah. he's, he's the fifth starter type. You're not expecting you know, a two ERA from him. But in terms of doing his job, he's done it. He's, he's up in ins. He's, he's gone fairly deep into games. Um, that change up is as amazing as ever. Um, it is really fun to watch him throw that pitch. It is, it is something else. And um, 
he's actually been quite unlucky the last few starts. He was let down on his last start by some really, really shoddy defense that he did not deserve at all. Um, so, but no, I've, as a as the fifth starter type that he is, he's been everything that you would you would want from him. So, uh, yeah, been good. I I like Trevor a lot. I liked him. Um, uh, he just seemed a very resilient guy as well. Mm. Like he's composed, and you know the changeup's awesome. Um, mm. So you know there's tools to work with there. Fifth starter. Mm. I mean, what do you want from a fifth starter, really? You know what I mean. You just <laughs> yeah. you, know, you want someone good with 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 a plus plus pitch or mm. two, and you know, happy days. You know, keep you in it. Um, so mm. good work. I'm glad to hear he's he's doing well. Nick Anderson, no surprises. He's he's continued where he's at. What's the prognosis on him? Are we are we is there potentially be back at all over this for this week? I don't know where his ten day stint starts and ends. So I don't think he's gonna be back during the series. I think I think he's a little further out than that, unfortunately. Uh, right. but I don't think it's uber serious, and I think we'll probably see him again this year. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Guys, well let's let's get into the nuts and bolts of, of, of this series itself. And and uh what I didn't realise is we actually play each other, uh for, for, from your perspective, of the nine of your next nine games, six of them are against the Marlins. Um so we've got in effect back to back weekend series that we're gonna be so we'll see plenty of each other. The six games will be be covered off in you know, relatively early in the in the season, you boys sitting there top of the the AL East. The Yankees are are really struggling with injuries and have gone in a bit of a tailspin. I think they've lost five on the bounce, maybe. So, you know, from your perspective, guys, you're coming into Miami, you know, facing a Marlins team that still has players out. There's no getting away from that for us. You've then got a trip to the Yankees as well after us. Then another series with the Marlins. So. Listen, guys, I look at this and think this is a really big, big week for you boys. If you can, you know, if you go seven and two in this, you know, in this week, it pretty much for me solidifies the number one spot there, I, I think. What What about you, Rob? Start with you, buddy, on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's re- it's really hard as a Rays fan to to walk into a situation and and sort of expect big things but you can look at that Yankees team right now and think yeah we we could win that and and with the greatest respect to the Marlins and everything they've done as as a team who are you know rebuilding and then versus the Rays who and let's face it we're on we'll win now this is this is as big as we're going to get you know we're doing the big stuff maybe we got the 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 lights out sort of Wanda Franco style uh, prospect to come up but other than that we we are at the top of our game right now if 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 we're not walking away with with yeah five of these seven games we we should be we should be a little bit sort of sort of down on that and we we should be beating up on teams like the Marlins and I hate to say that because I know you got a fan base here who are listening to that and not wanting to hear some upstart little raised raised guy coming in and, and bashing your team but but realistically you know these are two teams who've never really been on the upcycle at the same time. And, and I think if you rewind 10 years, you'll hear the exact same thing, the reverse. But but that's what we've got to be expecting at this point in the season. Um, we got swept by the Orioles um, as our, our third, uh, sorry, second series, season, uh, series of the season. And and that was painful, you know, that was really bad. Um, as it turns out, they're not too bad a team. And and I, I think it would be OK to drop a game, maybe two games against the Marlins in, in, in this series. But but we we need to come out on top of this one, yeah. and that is no slight on the Marlins. Yeah, no, no, fair. Callum, 
you know, from I look at the Marlins particularly, and most teams in general, it comes down to who have you got on the mound? How are your pitchers lining up? Mm. What, what's what are we likely to expect from the Rays? These you know the first three games anyway. Well, it's, it's I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I read an article earlier this morning from one of the Rays blogs, and it was going through probable starters. And it, uh, our probable starters at the minute are um, we got Yarbrough tonight, who's a lefty. We've got Fleming Saturday, who's a lefty, and we've got Blake Snell Sunday, who's a lefty. <laughs> and the the stats for the Marlins on your bats against lefties are uh, a not good reading. I think it was a 244 average. No, I think it was worse than that. 220 odd average, 280 on base. I think a 70 odd WRC plus. It was uh, quite stark. So um, that'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. I mean, I'm fully expecting now the Marlins to rack up about 30 runs over the weekend. Uh, now <laughs> I mentioned. Um, but you yeah, so that, bring I these stats up. They, these these stats can backfire quickly. I'll, you know, when they can age quickly. These these things. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that'd be I think that'd be the interesting angle for the, this series at least. Um, obviously, we don't know how they match up the next series, but um, yeah, I think um, Yarbrough tonight. He's not been the reliable guy we have expected the last few years. He's 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 got into trouble a lot this year. So that'd be interesting to see how he gets on tonight. Uh, Fleming's. Second start, major league start ever will be Saturday. Um, pitched well first start, so you know, hope to see what he gets on. And then Snell is Blake Snell was, uh, you know, um, I know he's uh, Rob's most disappointing player so far, but he, he <laughs> always has the potential to uh, to come good. So, um, I think, yeah, I think pitching wise, I think that's key. Obviously, six though for you guys tonight will be interesting to see how we how we perform. So, it, it'll be funny tonight because it'll be two very, very different pitches. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, you know, flamethrower versus guy. I don't think you ever throws higher than 89. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. A couple of donkey drops or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, it's, it's interesting. They've gone, you know, three lefties, mm. you know, it, it lined them all up that way. The Marlins have, have, have had a heavy platoon situation going on. So if you've got lefties coming in, what that means is you're going to probably see Lewis Brinson every day. So that's why your average is absolutely uh, tanked out. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we've they've been heavy, heavy platoon. On you know the other side, you've had, you know, Joycey will play against every every right righty. Joycey's in there and he's hitting over 300, I think. So, you know, that's, the, I guess, the swing there in, with that. So you're right. The lefties, probably the right call. Sean, we need to let the boys know who's going for us. So they're coming in here saying to us, guys, we're here to sweep you boys. Give up. Now they haven't said that, but they're rolling in thinking we can sweep the Marlins here. Here's the bad news for the Rays. Just, I'll let you just throw the yeah. names out there of who could be going this weekend for the, for the Marlins. Yeah. So I've got a couple of counterpoints to that. Um, we've got <laughs> Cooper back. Cooper's back tonight. I, I think he'd be in the lineup tonight. Um, he, we, we, we brought up WRC. So his WRC versus lefties is over a hundred. Okay. Doesn't sound that exciting, but Joycey who plays against every righties, he's not had much opportunity against lefties, but his WRC is in the twenties. So having Cooper back, I think he will be the starting right fielder tonight. Um, I'm calling on him for one, maybe two home runs and hitting over 400 over this series. Oh my! Uh, Love it. Bold, bold. I'm burying the lead. Absolutely burying the lead. Six though pitches tonight. I mean, you haven't got a hope. <laughs> so, 
he's going to go six innings at least. He's going to strike out eight. We win. We win today. We probably lose the series. Not that excited about playing the Rays. Rays come in hot. Let's be honest. They've won eight of the last ten, fifteen of the last eighteen. They are just absolutely insane at the moment. Um, but it's an interesting game because the Marlins. We're doing far more than with, than with what we've got, and so are the Rays. Um, so it's kind of like two teams that are identical playing each other. So it'll be an interesting series. Yeah. I think the intriguing one, you know, six does go in. He should have gone last night. So you guys, you know, because of what happened last mm. night, means that six does rolls into this one instead. So that's interesting. Um, before last before last night's postponement, there was talk that Sandy would be back for this for this weekend. The the likely scenario there was that the Pablo will probably go tomorrow and Sandy perhaps after that. So you're gonna get a good look at, you know, I guess the top the top part of, of the Marlins rotation. And Pablo, who was slated to be our number four starter, uh, who was our number four starter as has been incredible, Pablo Lopez. He's he's ascended. Sandy on opening day was exceptional. Uh, hasn't pitched since. Sixto, his debut was was well, flames. Um, <laughs> so it's really exciting for us to to see how this pitching plays out. Like you know, the Marlins, they've gone about it different, guys. You know, back in the day, we had all this, all these bats, these MVPs all over the show, but. You know, we're just throwing lollipops. Um, they decided that isn't sustainable. Let's build around the arms and, um, you know, see what we can do. So I'm really excited to see. What I would say is if the Marlins are going to do anything, you know, the the blueprint for Marlins' success this year has been runners on base and speed. So, you know, that's when we're at our most dangerous. We get those guys on and, you know, we, in some ways, like we did with the Mets the other day, we caught them cold. They, you know, with the, with Birdie stealing home, like you catch them cold. They're just they're not their heads aren't in it. They're kind of thinking about other things. I don't know. And um, the Marlins have been switched on and opportunistic. So you know, it's been it's been fun. Um, so I think they they're probably we well, don't really know how the starters will line up, um, but nevertheless, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting series. I'm really intrigued that you guys have gone heavy lefties. I think that's good. Uh, it's you know it's it's intriguing. I was looking as well, guys. Uh, all time for the Citrus series. Um, any idea what the record may be? Um, I've got a feeling played... it's not something we like as Rays fans. Oh, well. I think back to a couple of years ago when neither team was particularly great, and the game stands in my head. It's the one where Azuna hit that home run at the trop that was, I think, stack cast underrated by by about a mile and a half. I've never seen anybody hit the back wall of the trop like that. And it seemed to be that whenever the Marlins rolled into town, even when you were on your absolute down, we just laid down in the first couple of innings and, and let you, you get six runs. So I'm going to say that the Marlins are probably, I would say, 15% more games than the Rays won. Any further advances? You have to do some maths now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, now, well, you're working in percentages now, so I mean, you know, what well, is how, it? okay, how many games in total have they played? Have you got that up in front of you? Yeah, I think so. You've had 117 all time. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give 
the Marlins 70. No, more than that. Uh, 85. 85. 85 games. Wow. Wow. Way wow. off. I could see it from your face. Way off. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't. I won't let everyone um, get in, get their abacuses out and their calculators and whatever, and get percentages <laughs> going. The the Rays actually all time lead the Citrus series. Would you believe? Wow. Way off. So sixty one, sixty one to fifty six. So the Marlins started oh. hot. So when the Marlins, you know, the first few years the Marlins were hot, and then the last ten, seemingly the maybe even longer. The Rays have just been piling it on. 4-0 and <laughs> last year. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, 4-0 and last year. So in the two, we had two two-game series and mm. you boys took all of them. So the double sweep, let's say. So, hey, the numbers, listen, for me, guys, when I look at these teams, the Rays, win-now mode for sure. Mm. And you boys are hot. And uh, the team, when I look at this, though, the team that you've come unstuck against in the main was the O's. And um, in some ways, the Marlins kind of profile like the O's. So I wouldn't be totally surprised if this um, if this went awry for you either. Mm-hmm. But you guys have the edge right now. You have the, the edge overall. Let's finish up with let's finish up with some predictions. It's the right it's the right thing to do. So I want a series, a series prediction for just the first series. And um and then I'll think of another bonus question as well, actually. But we'll we'll come to you, Sean. You said I think you may have already given yours if I'm if if I've kind of done the sums there correctly. But what well, yeah, um, I, I said earlier that I think the Rays win it one, uh, win two two of the games. That's where my head is. My heart, but says we sweep them. <laughs> <laughs> and and for you, the player of the series would be. Garrett Cooper, I'm I'm assuming based on his uh, multiple home runs and 400 average, right? Yeah, Cooper Loop's coming back and he's swinging. Love it, love it. Okay, so there we go. There's the extra bonus question, and guys, it's the the player of the series who's going to be the standout. So, Callum, there you go, buddy. Um, series prediction, standout player. I'm going to go two one raise. I think we'll win tonight. I think we'll lose Saturday, and then we'll have a good performance from Snow on Sunday and win that one. Um, and I think the standout player for me will be Yandy Diaz. He's he's looked good last few days, and I think he'll go in a little bit of a little bit of a power surge. So I'm going to go Yandy Diaz, the reverse hitter. That's exciting. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how many of you 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 Marlins fans have picked up on the fact that that here's a little tip: shift him the wrong way. Yandy Diaz has hit 20, <laughs> 20, 20 balls as a righty into right field and four to the left field. So shift him the wrong way, and that's how you beat Yandy Diaz. He's just the cover. He's just cover drives, is he? Is that what he's doing? You see those. You see. You see those. Those big boy arms. He just can't swing them quick enough. He he no. connects hard, but he, he gets them late. Late. Into yeah. ground yeah. as well. Not not in yet. Into ground. <laughs> ground only. Well, I tell you, the Marlins they do love a shift. So we'll we'll see how they play backwards. that one out. That's it. You see them shifting it backwards. They got the win. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm going to keep my eye out for that. I like that. It's a good insight, guys. Um, <laughs> Rob, what about you, buddy? What are you what are you thinking here for this one? Well, maybe it's the beers, but it's it's a race sweep of course. Oh, I knew it. Race sweep it. all the way. There it goes. I was only trying to be polite, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to be the heel. I absolutely <laughs> knew that. I knew that was coming. So player player of the series, and I mean, where yeah. where are you going to win it? Is it pitching or is it is it 
the hidden oh, the sun. Play, the player of the series isn't going to be be the Rays. It's it's going to be a Marlins player who 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 carries you guys on the back and, and pushes every game to 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 a, a one game defeat. And it's going to be an X ray. It's going to be Jesus Aguilar. Oh yeah, Ooh. love it, love it. Aggie's been he's been an awesome addition. To... Never really worked for us, but he's nah, looked brilliant for you guys. I just just on Aggie, um, did what was the kind of playing profile like was he platooned with you guys was he every day or you know how did that play out for him because what i've sensed with the marlins is he knows he's playing every day pretty much and because the dh is there we can cycle him in and out of that and whatever and i think you know and, and the marlins are in a different position than the rays right i mean you know we were rebuilding and he's a experienced guy in the clubhouse a different situation but how, how did it actually play out for him i think he um he came in with some expectations of him being 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 okay, but he sort of coincided with everyone's favorite Rotan first baseman, G-Man Choi, sort of mm. getting hot, uh, and 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 he just pushed him out, and and he didn't get much of a look in. To be fair to him, he he wasn't super for the race. He was fine. He was absolutely fine. No problems. Mm. Filled in a couple of days, but he was he he was fine, and that that's as far as it goes, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Marlins are glad to have him. I know that he's been a great presence in the clubhouse, and he's still mm. in control. Yeah. I think next year. So you know, if this works out, which it looks like it is, um, who knows what the deadline brings for either of our our clubs? Mm. You know, who's buying? I mean, you guys, I guess, would definitely be in the buyers camp. But the Marlins is is an intriguing one. I think is, you know, what are we going to do next week? Is it Monday the deadline? Is that right? Monday, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think the Marlins are in a real interesting spot. Um, I hope, mm -hmm. I, I hope they don't don't go too big. Don't go too big. Yeah. yeah. For this yeah. for this season, I, you know, you can see even in the NL East, which is bang average. You know, the Braves are pulling away now um, from the rest, and you know, I, I'm not sure what the point is of selling everything that we've built in the last couple of years for you know squeaking into the the playoffs to to get mm -hmm. knocked out straight away. So. I don't know. I'm I, I'm perfectly happy with them just bringing up the alternate site guys, the prospects, just giving us a little glimpse, and you know, that, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, awesome. I think we're done. Other than I'll end with my prediction, and <laughs> my predictions are always way off. So you'll be glad to know I am going with a Marlin sweep. <laughs> hey, <laughs> brooms out. Player of the series. Um, I and I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know whether this will be any well this won't be correct but my player of the series based on all the lefties is lewis brinson breakout series there we go <laughs> some, brinson, things never change. <laughs> some things never never change it's time time for sweet lou and he'll be feeling emotional he'll want to perform for this game for this series for this kind of time so there we go marlon sweep brinson player of the series boys I said 40 minutes. That's been almost an hour. So, um, <laughs> as always, my timekeeping is poor. Um, Callum, thanks for coming along first along, mate. And, and well done with your first ever podcast. For those who want to follow you, um, where can they get you on Twitter, buddy? Uh, really simple, just at Callum Cockrell um, on Twitter. And, mm -hmm. yeah, mostly baseball on that as well. So, yeah, they, that's me. But it's been fun. I really appreciate coming you on. Enjoy yeah, it was really fun. Just just anytime you can chat baseball with uh, fellow UK baseball fans, always fun. So yeah, thank you. 
Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll definitely have you back because you didn't go for the uh, the raise sweep. So that's uh, <laughs> that's how we decide future guests. That, that was my plan. That was my plan. Uh, <laughs> and on to that, Rob. Where where can guys uh, other than Batflips and Nerds podcast? Where else can can people follow you? Yeah, they, you can generally find me at, at Rob Navera. My my appallingly spelt ridiculous name. Got a Z on the end. It's silent. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Um, otherwise, yeah, mo- mostly uh, mostly doing stuff with bat flips. Um, I think you'll probably find us doing some some live stuff over over, over the trade deadline in the next few days. Keep an eye out for that. I believe so. I've seen a spoiler for that one, or uh, I don't know, a, a promo. I'm excited more about than it. me. I think that's <laughs> a really really cool idea. So um, I'm hoping there's a few you know Harry Redknapp moments where people are hanging out of cars and you know it, it it's a lively deadline i'm intrigued to see how the deadline actually mm. plays out this year whether it is lively but we're already seeing some moves this week aren't we guys mm. you guys have obviously you know picked someone up there's things happening now already i've seen the pirates have done a deal today can't remember who for but you know we're getting to that <laughs> stage where them, eh? <laughs> was it the pirates i don't know what maybe it wasn't oh good for the pirates they get something this year exactly um awesome so callum and rob the the raise guys appreciate it sean great to have you back buddy second episode for you in the books where can where can all of the marlins guys get you where i mean most of them will be following you already anyway but where can they get you on twitter buddy yeah so i'm on uh sean b barrett um and mostly you'll find me in your comment section i suppose (laughs) absolutely that's that's the thing i I don't have to have notifications set up for you, mate, because they just come straight into into my tweets. So it's all it's all good. So um, awesome, guys. So episode 59 is in the books. Uh, we will be back uh, early next week, I think, with a special guest. No spoilers on who that is. But um, yeah, stay stay tuned for that one. Uh, thanks again to Callum, to Rob, to Sean. And, um, you know, look, really looking forward to this citrus series. So, um, yep, let's go fish. Fish.